We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music it's the cast of the Wharf Review, Jonathan Biggins, Drew Forsyth, Blazy Best and Phil Scott. Yay! And our panel, Tom Ballard, Rebecca Dayunamuno and Gretel Colleen. And our audience this week drawn from Malulaba, Gosford, Berry, Bulleye, Dubbo and Darwin. The first... As always, here is the news from nowhere. I was approached in the park the other day by a well-dressed woman, sweetly spoken, probably in her 60s. What we need, she said in an urgent whisper, is some civil disobedience. Why don't you do it? Take the <laughs> blinking thing and throw it in the canal! Now, I do love a middle-class suburban protest, one in which the word blinking becomes a call to arms. The source of her discontent was a yellow bicycle, which lay sprawled like a collapsed drunk on the grass beside the path. Two companies have introduced what are called share bicycles to Sydney. You can locate and unlock them using your mobile phone. When you arrive at your destination, you simply leave them somewhere responsible. Well, that's the idea. In practice, they are left in the middle of parks, pavements and playgrounds. None, in my experience, are tidally placed against walls or tucked into nooks. Instead, it's as if the user was involved in a bank robbery, panicked when the first police bullets flew through the air and hurled the bike to the ground while making good their escape. Authorities, particularly of the progressive bent, are in a bind. We're all in favour of cycling, right? We're also against the commercial operators who take over public space to run a business. What to do? Not since that first person tried to have his cake while simultaneously eating it has there been a dilemma this exquisite. Already, some citizens are taking direct action. Recently, a large pile of the bikes was found on the edge of Waverley Oval on the way to Bondi Beach. Was it the work of mischievous kids with no political purpose or a guerrilla movement of park and pavement preservation? No one knows. Other bikes have been found up trees or in waterways. In Melbourne, 12 bikes were fished out of the Yarra, adding to the 42 already retrieved from that particular swamp. How to explain the the depth of opposition? After all, they are only bikes. Pop them against the wall of a bread shop in France with a freshly baked baguette sticking out of a basket and the tourists would be taking a photo and whacking it on Facebook. Mostly I think it's because no one asked our permission. You can't just set up shop and commandeer the local park as your bike storage facility. We will decide which bikes come to this country and the circumstances in which they come. Back in the park, despite these thoughts, I decline the invitation to embrace civil disobedience. I'm worried that in the effort to heave the offending item into the canal, I might put out my shoulder. My dog and I continue walking. Further along, we make our way under a low bridge. It's a scrubby piece of land thick with weeds and rubbish. I've often seen a trio of shopping trolleys lying here, abandoned amid the graffiti-covered stanchions. Today, though, the trolleys have company. Two of the bikes are also lying in the grass, sprawled in the dappled light. From a distance as we approach, the two groups appear to be gathered together, as if for a party. I half expect to see a 44-gallon drum, a warming blaze taking hold. The thought strikes. What if they start breeding? The abandoned shopping trolleys and the internet-savvy bikes. Their offspring, an army of four-wheeled cruisers that come internet-equipped. I race back with my dog towards the woman in the park. I must sign up to her frenzied violence before it's too late. 
And that's the news from nowhere. <laughs> uh, Tom, Rebecca, Gretel, welcome. Thank, Thank you. Hello. You know where I live? Yes. The trolleys have been scared off by the bikes. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. They've, they've taken over the territory. Well, I don't, they're like, it's a gang you know, war. It's West Side it, it, Story. Did you think that where you are? The trolleys used to rule the, rule the yeah. hood. Well, it, where, interestingly, where, it, where I am, the bikes are all parked at bus stops, which I find strange. They're trying to get out too. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Why well, I'm just going to yeah. ride the bike to the bus stop, get off, get on the bus. The, the bike's trying to get to the airport so they can go back to Singapore. <laughs> 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 That's what city public transport needs, more things on it. That's great. <laughs> but I, what, how do people deal with nits in those helmets? Do, does cool. every mother look at those helmets and go, nits? <laughs> yeah. That's what puts us all off, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, otherwise. It's all about sharing, Gretel. It's about, you know, sharing it's a socialist nits. vision for this the sharing, The share economy. I thought, we, I didn't think we were sharing the nits. Yeah, <laughs> get close to your fellow human beings. Scratch away together, comrades. Uh, here, let's check you up with this week's news. Who has been having a jewel over the jewels? Oh, so many oh. jewels. Who's been having a jewel over is, the jewels? This is, this is the, the old citizenship issue mm. and uh, and and Bill Shorten and Malcolm Turnbull they've they've been trying to come up with a, a, a same position on on the dual citizenship and how to deal with this situation and they've been arguing about it like to and fro which is just I mean it's just so annoying isn't it to watch that isn't it just annoying this is the just... most boring political scandal I, I know <laughs> but ever you know... and can't we have the Russians trying to take over or rumours about a PM having sex with a pig just something <laughs> yeah. oh, but then they're negotiating via letter oh you, I mean where are the pigeons at this time? <laughs> did you read that? I didn't know that. Yeah. If it's going to be old school, make it real old. Have a jewel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Yeah, battle it out. But it's interesting how all these politicians, like, it's like, oh, hang on a second. I might be a dual citizen. Now, I always kind of assumed I was because my dad was born overseas. And I just, it's something that I would think, yes, I am a dual citizen so, first. No, I've got to do my joke. He came here from Panama with nothing but his hat. <laughs> oh, come on! Oh, yay! <laughs> heard it. You can hear them all saying it. Heard it. But yeah, and I just think that's, that was my first assumption was like, oh, maybe I'm a dual citizen as a point of like excitement. Surely, wouldn't that be the first thing? Isn't there a box on the form when you're, you know, running for politics that you have to tick? I think if, says... you, if you cross your fingers... When you ticket, it's, oh, that sounds it's okay. okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's oh, that's all right then. That's easy. I think a lot that's of the politicians easy. thought, well, I could be a dual citizen, but I'm extremely racist, so I think they cancel each other out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Didn't work for you, Malcolm Roberts. Sorry, buddy. And also, sure. there is a new uh, national national motto, really, which is just don't get busted. <laughs> you know how we all used to be really straight and conservative. Now everyone just does what they want and hopes they don't get caught. Absolutely. And Jackie Lambie got sort of caught up with it yeah, this yeah. year, which is it's like if. Barnaby Joyce and Jackie Lambie aren't Australians. Are any of us really Australian <laughs> in any way? I mean, they are... They, when I listen to their nasal tones butcher the English language, I think, God, I love this country. <laughs> but I hate the way it sounds. Oh, I love it. But I was thinking how childish the whole thing is because they're all being so... You know, all those things that we were taught that you should share and respect each other and play fairly and tell the truth. I thought, what are the games they're all playing? And I thought, okay, so we've got Follow the Leader, mm-hmm. musical chairs. I don't think that many people in the Liberal Party are playing Follow the Leader. <laughs> no, no, but listen to how it goes. So we're meant to be following the leader. It's become music chairs, then it becomes where here we go around the mulberry bush, and then it's Simon Says and Simon's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all in the playground going, what? What? You play pin the tail on the donkey, but they're all such asses, you wouldn't know which one they're going for. Hey? That's one of your jokes, Richard. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> who, who, who is, another question from this week's news. Who has been working, working pro bono for all these years? Who has been working Pro bono. Well, this was this Paradise Papers revelation, which I wanted to be much more detailed and yet incredibly simple in point form. (laughs) Uh, Because this is fascinatingly complex and yet not illegal. This is a tax evasion thing. Yeah. I just assumed you all knew about it. Uh, (laughs) Don't you? Um, I'm just going to assume you've written jokes about it too. (laughs) The Paradise Papers might sound like a pamphlet for a holiday resort. It does a bit. It's a caravan park in Mullumbai. So, um, which is not even a word. <laughs> I joined them together. It's between the two. So, uh, but it was interesting who were the beneficiaries of these because the Queen was meant to be a beneficiary. Mm-hmm. I thought she didn't pay tax anyway. She pays tax voluntarily. 
So she doesn't pay tax? She doesn't pay tax. I mean, who would? (laughs) I was in a country where you stopped at the traffic lights voluntarily. (laughs) It was bloody chaos. Um, But it was interesting because people like Bono, who were advocating donations and, and governments give more money were also using these tax havens. So it was an interesting yeah. ethical This is issue. not funny, but what a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Is it wrong? I don't know. Well, you can't say... You can't simultaneously call on governments to spend more on foreign aid at the same time as you're starving governments of their own tax revenues mm. by cheating them, by putting buying companies through Malta... Via Malta. Well, it's true, but our whole nation can't speak because we're spending ours on a survey and by-elections. So... <laughs> true. I thought we, sh- we should have known it was coming with Bono. For years, he's been keeping his accounts where the streets have no name. It makes it much easier to hide. Uh, I'm not. Su- he's not good with numbers. He can only count to one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've got th- two more of these people. <laughs> I've won awards. <laughs> The ATO, ATO have been investigating him for months and they still haven't found what they're looking for. <laughs> He's been acting very bad. I mean, that's not very, that's uh, a deeper uh, cut for fans out especially there. Especially but... on the good one. <laughs> oh, but there wasn't one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. Uh, we have Tom Ballard, Rebecca Day, Unamunu and Gretel Clean. Last, last question from this week's news. Who said yes, at least to voting? Australia did. Um, we've had the results of the turnout. The, the same-sex marriage postal survey is closed and the turnout was pretty kind of huge. It was the 80%, which mm. I think is pretty impressive for, for a, a vote that wasn't you know, compulsory. Of course, we're used to voting. I think we could have got 100% if everyone who returned their ballot had also had a sausage posted out to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have made it all a lot more yeah. popular, Richard. So that's an idea for the next one, I think. <laughs> yeah. well, it was it was kind of impressive though, wasn't it? Uh, you know, uh, the only the only slightly negative thing was it must be said that those of us over fifty, ninety five percent of us voted according to one survey. Whilst the younger people, Tom, yeah. the younger people did seem to not be able to find a post box. Well, <laughs> that was shut up, Grandpa. I tweeted my vote. Yeah, <laughs> hip hop music and skateboarding. Don't worry, the rest of us answered twice. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> But I have to say, what a missed marketing opportunity. Because if you really wanted to get the young people voting, don't you just say it's a selfie competition? (laughs) Take a selfie of yourself voting, man. And then put it up somewhere. I don't know. Where do the young people Snapchat? Where do young people people put things up these days? Where is it? I don't know. used to be a notice board. (laughs) It could be something. Is it a notice board? You you pin something, don't you? You pin those tweets. You pin the tail on the donkey. You could have set the whole thing up like a Tinder or Grinder thing. You swipe right for yes or no for yeah. yeah what a good idea! They would have yeah. understood that. Have a very and imagine all the unsolicited sausages you'd get in the mail then. <laughs> Rebecca, just you had to lower the tone. <laughs> lower the, it's a family show. <laughs> the um, it's a family first show. The the form I loved. It said you know do you know take yes or no. Do you think same sex couples should be allowed to get married? And then down the bottom of the form it said if you make a mistake. Contact the ABS to get a new form. Can I suggest if you screw up yes or, yes or no, <laughs> sit this one out, champ. Yeah. Democracy is not for you. Focus on doing up your shoelaces <laughs> and making it to the toilet on time. That's my little tip for you. It's a wonderful thing, democracy, Richard. I uh, we have Tom, we have Rebecca, we have Gretel, but we also have the cast of the Wharf Review, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The Wharf Review, since uh, politics began in this country in 1942, have been doing these annual shows. If they can't make a funny show this year, they're not really trying. It has been a perfect... Jonathan, you speak to this. It's been a perfect opportunity to do a political show this year, has well, it Well, yes, but you know, we always get told that we always said, oh, you've got no shortage of material this year, but then you think it's exactly the same material as it was last year, funnily <laughs> enough. Tony Abbott, Donald Trump. Um, you know, Manus Island. When was uh, when did the Tampa come in? Two thousand and one. Sixteen years <laughs> yeah. we've been doing that. So uh, politics may be a, a week, may be a long time in politics, but it moves at a glacial pace. Yeah. I think the other challenge this year is it's changing so fast. You're gonna 
you'll, you'll open one week, the next week the parliament will be dissolved, the week after Bill Shorten <laughs> will be Prime Minister, the week after that Malcolm Turnbull will be back, then they'll both be slaughtered by Tony Abbott. You know, it's going to be hard to keep up, isn't it? Well, I, I think none of the above will come true. <laughs> I, I can't see it. I mean, you know, they don't have to prorogue parliament, they don't even have to, to, to dissolve parliament. If, um, you have to wait for the results of the by-elections. You just put it into abeyance. And constitutionally, if in retrospect everything that was passed by these people who weren't actually duly elected members, that would get interesting, but I don't think anyone wants to go down that path. Hmm. You can hear more of this constitutional lecture. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of gold you get at the Wharf Review, yeah. It's the Boyer lectures on ice. <laughs> Trump, though, is a gift, is he not? Is Trump uh, a gift? Trump, yes, he's proven to be a bit of a gift. Um, this year we have him hosting his own show at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, and he has international visitors. Uh, Angela Merkel comes across, his homie Vladimir Putin comes over for a bit of a number. Uh, Boris Johnson turns up, and of course, Ivanka, the um, special little apprentice. Okay, I can imagine Boris would be quite easy to do, maybe Trump's quite easy to do. Who's the hard one to do? Who's impossible to do? Drew, who's impossible? Uh, look, none of them are impossible to do if you find the right way to do it. But um, uh, Vladimir doesn't crack too many jokes. <laughs> but, uh, and, he, and you never hear him speak English, so, you know, yeah. it's very hard to... Who does so Vladimir? I do. <laughs> and he, he does a lot with just his eyes. <laughs> I'm scared already. <laughs> and a good wig. Yeah. A good wig what's, is what makes our show. <laughs> good wig makes Donald Trump uh, well it's not a wig is it but, but you can't do him without one no that's right and Pauline Hanson's a pretty good one too but Blazy who do you do who, who, who are the, your uh, uh, do you, who do you inhabit Jackie Lambie Ah, oh. so you know the beautiful speaking voice that to- of, of which Tom spoke. Yes, 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 I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it, I know it, and uh, yeah, it's just to be like that. Mm. Do you think there's any chance she's not Australian? No. <laughs> but she and if she claims slower, to be man, speaking the English language, language, the English will deny it. <laughs> Scottish, I think, is her. So Scottish, is it? Oh, yeah. okay, it's taken her fifty years to work out that her father was Scottish. <laughs> she thought she was uh, indigenous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but none of the indigenous people of Tasmania owned her. They said, no, she's not one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the, all that porridge a giveaway? Um, so this, week, uh, this year's show, what are you going to um, focus well, on, do you think? Your first news item was all about patriotism, and yes. this show is called The Patriotic Rag, yep. and that's how we begin. Begin with The Patriotic Rag. Do you want to give us a bit of The Patriotic Rag? Sure. Phil Scott on the lovely grand piano with the cast of The Wharf Review. Think the world's confusing, you're not the only one. Everything's hysterical, but no one's having fun. Gotta push your own agenda, make sure your voice cuts through. Get a mob to back you up who think the same as you. The power of one's a driving force that cannot be reversed. Self-interest is a winner, it always comes in first. Brexiteers, we've had it with foreigners and such. We can't abide them Syrians, don't start me on the Dutch. Britannia used to rule the waves, but now she's in dry dock. We've only got Gibraltar, and that's just a flipping rock. So let those Europeans try to do their bloody worst. We'll make Great Britain greater and put the English first. To Putin's hackers, the U.S. is in a slump. We need a war to pick us up. Go to it, Mr. Trump. 
Fairly well, Obama softly, softly's in the past. Soon we'll be the best because we put the others last. We'll stop those Muslims and we'll see those Mexicans dispersed. God bless Uncle Sam, he put America first. Down here in Oz, we got a plan to keep Australia strong. It's Peter Dutton's language test to see if you belong. A list of Aussie values that everyone must know. We're only gonna say it once, so righto, here we go. Bradman's batting average stayed at 99.9%. The final score of his career was what? Five miles out of Gundagai, a dog sits on a certain box. Can you identify the box or not? Once a jolly swagman pitched his tent beside a billabong. What came down to drink cause it was hot? What's an Anzac? A biscuit or a digger or a shapely Sheila's figure. In A, country practice, Molly died a slow and tragic painful death. Identify her terminal disease. In World War II, a midget submarine was in the harbour. Was it one of ours or was it Japanese? Every true blue Aussie knows the my pine and where it grows. It's all in the Aussie values test. Squizzy Taylor, Darcy Dugan, Rogerson and Choppery, did they excel at politics or crime? Cosy Osco, Hanging Rock, the Harbour Bridge and Uluru, what's the one you're not supposed to climb? If you were in Rockhampton on the 23rd of January, would you be on daylight saving time? Draw a bilby, write a dissertation on the birth of Federation. Kieran Perkins, Ian Thorpe and Murray Rose were swimming greats. Which of them turned out to be a gay? Could a budgie smuggler be a man who smuggles budgies or a thing that makes you look the other way? Answer these and you can stay. Get them wrong, you're on your way. If you're out of luck, no one gives a... That is the Aussie test. The system is against you. Elites control the game. So find yourself a scapegoat. Let outsiders take the blame. You'll soon be feeling better. If someone else feels worse, jealousy is human, but empathy's a curse. When the patriotic scoundrels wrap themselves up in the flag, we all dance to the same old beat. Jonathan Biggins, Drew Forsyth, Lazy Best, Phil Scott. Playing until December 30 at the Wharf, uh, Drew. Drew? Yeah, yeah. Drew. <laughs> what? Um, until the 30th. 99.9%. Percent. Four. 9.4, was it? 99.94. Oh. Not as oh, you right. rendered it, 99.9%. Get out! It's close enough, isn't it? Get out! Okay. Where do I go home to? Atherton? Far north Queensland? Yeah. Is that safe? That's another country. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Please congratulate the Wharf Review. Tom Ballard, Rebecca de Unamuno and Gretel Kalina here to thank God it's Friday. Wasn't that song fantastic? Yeah. I loved it. Aren't they clever? I loved the test. Wasn't it great? And they, and they hit the notes and everything. Yeah, and everything. <laughs> they were really Phil talented and the, funny. He can yeah. play Shame the piano. they're gone. <laughs> yes. Oh, we so can we still have Tom, more. Rebecca and Gretel. Uh, now, let me try this out on you. An audit was announced this week of all children's playgrounds, this time to make them more accessible. It's not the first time playgrounds have been changed. What was your favourite piece of play equipment? Did you use it to destroy your friend or sibling? And what playground is better, the safe, colourful, plastic playground of today or the gunmetal grey metal slides and splintery seesaws of the past. Rebecca. I'm all for the old school playground. I grew up as a kid in the late 70s and the 80s, and I've got to say, if you 
managed to leave the playground injury-free, you were revered amongst your friends. If you managed to stand on that swing and mid-flight jump off and not break a limb... You were godlike. It was extraordinary. And, and, you know, now you see all these, like, there's padded ground, you know, for the kids to fall off the slippery dip onto. Oh, come on. I used to play netball on asphalt. Come on. <laughs> that's what makes you. That's what makes you when you're a kid. It's the, it's the toughness of the playground. Those swings were incredible, though. The, the, the length of the chains and they... You, yeah. You, you went to the... Way up. And, and then you used to sit on this thing and you used to twist the chains around. You'd spin around until yeah. it twisted and then it'd fling you off the end and you'd hit something. Someone okay. and if, if they were millennial, this sounds like hell. This <laughs> sounds like a death trap. But, what is wrong with you people? But, Tom, can I just embellish the story by telling you that the person pushing you on the swing to 30, 40 metres height was your parents. Right. Yeah. They didn't love us. They were well hoping you'd fly off and not come yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> and they used to say, get away from me. Get away from me. They keep coming back. They keep coming back. And then they'd say, get in the car, kids. It's time for some drink driving. <laughs> Yay. No seatbelts. Those were the days. But for me, it was across the road from my parents' place is a, is a, a playground. It was a par- just a park when I was a kid. And it was great because my mum could sit in, in her room and still see me at, like, play in the park. So oh, she like, could have a cup, so she cup could, of tea. she could have a cup of tea oh, and didn't watch me play. And there was this one solitary swing. And I just, I don't know what it was. This is probably me revealing a little bit about my capacity as a human. But <laughs> I loved it and I would go over there and sit on that swing and I'd invent things. I'd be different characters. I'd invent songs. And I would just sit on that swing and just for an hour and just in imagination would just run wild. It's a, I blame that swing. It sounds this. like the beginning of a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you think? <laughs> and then we cut to the little girl. We go, yeah, And round the front she's got a knife. <laughs> Mummy's watching me from the bedroom. <laughs> is the modern equivalent of that just a small girl on her phone just checking Snapchat? Yeah, oh, that is a, that is a My my cousins live in Horsham in country uh, Victoria, and and there used to be rope swings uh, tied to the tree, and they'd swing out on the rope swings out into the water and splash about and have great fun. And one summer, a mate of my cousins went down and grabbed a rope swing and swung out in the water and uh, landed land in the water, came to the surface and raised his arms above his head in joy and realised that half his arm was missing. Oh, no. He'd squeezed off by the rope and oh. his body had gone into shock, right? Now, he I was, lost his arm. He lost half his arm from this rope swing, okay? Now, I wasn't heard this. I, heard the, I wasn't there at the time. I heard this secondhand. Now, um, no, tough crowd. Okay, anyway, it got good. It got good. It got good. It got good. He woke up in the hospital room. This guy was an Aussie legend. He woke up in the hospital room and said, oh, well, at least it wasn't my drinking arm. Okay. (laughs) He got a prosthetic arm attached with a hook on the end and demanded everyone refer to him as hooky. Okay. (laughs) Everyone did except for his dad, who calls him clock. Because one hand is shorter than the other. <laughs> and two years later, he had his 21st birthday and made it pirate-themed. I mean, come on, that's yeah, beautiful. Put that in Peter Dutton's test. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. I'm just not sure if that isn't one of those stories your parents tell you to make sure you don't swing on the rope and go in the river. It's a cautionary tale. And, you know, they're a big bunch of Nazis. We know Tom's generation's a big bunch of Nazis. Like, you're on the swinging rope. Did you wear floaties <laughs> and a life jacket? In There's our day, floaties, okay? in our, they're all wearing high vis vests off to school. <laughs> in our day, do you remember the Clark swimming pools? And you yeah. filled them up. It took three or four months to fill it up with the garden hose, and it was one metre high. And what, what did you do once you got in there? You'd created a whirlpool in the hope that the sides would explode and you'd all be hurtled against the wall. And that was the goal. But do you know what? I know that we're, talk- we're reminiscing, but I went to a late dinner with a friend of mine who had one of those fold-up bikes, not a rental one. She's very environmentally aware. And after, we couldn't get a cab, so we doubled on this bike, two drunk 50-odd-year-old women <laughs> through Barangaroo. Oh, we should make that a national event. <laughs> what a hoot standing on the bike rack. I mean, I hope the CCTV cameras weren't working, but it's actually good for you to live without rules. <laughs> right, rest Says a survivor, yeah. <laughs> We're going to do the Wheel of Death now, talking about uh, living life without oh, rules. Here I'm going back to the swing. Re- Rebecca <laughs> is going to do it. Are you ready for her to take it on? Yes. Oh, okay, the Wheel of Death. Uh, when our lovely audience comes here at 5 o'clock, they throw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics are cat, restore, equity, ducks, zero, 
Gloves, horses, school captain, custard, hair, Sydney, cross, crosswords, women's cricket, William. Just the word William. <laughs> and we're back to cat. <laughs> Was the word William suggested by someone who called William? <laughs> yes. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. Uh, so which one filled you full of fear? Oh, um, look, you know, William would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Quite you could excited describe the William who suggested Yeah, I'm quite excited by William because it's yeah. very open-ended. Whereas, you know, equality, that's a big topic to, ju- to tackle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you've like... got three minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's see how we go. Let's All right, let's uh, spin the wheel round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. Today's topic is... Equity! Oh, equity! Who suggested oh, equity? Oh, thanks for nothing! <laughs> equity, equity is your topic. Equity. Oh, equity. Right. Equity. I've learned a few lessons in my time. Some of them went in one ear and out the other, forgotten. Others stayed with me for most of my life. The one thing I will mostly remember is my grandfather pulling me into the uh, backyard and saying to me, now, Maisie, in case you were wondering if I was male or female. (laughs) That's a pretty big clue. (laughs) Now, Maisie, I see you there wearing your shorts and and your T-shirts and you're running around barefooted with all those young fellas that live down the street. Now, that's no way for a lady to act. Well, I took one look at Grandpa and I looked behind me and I said, I don't see a lady. (laughs) Grandpa said, fair enough. (laughs) You're only eight, go inside. (laughs) Ten years later, he dragged me out back into that backyard (laughs) and said, Maisie, I see you running around with all those young boys down the street wearing those skimpy shorts and those stockings on your legs. That's no way for a lady to behave. I said to him, well, your opinion means nothing to me anymore, Grandpa, and I hit him over the head with a shovel. (laughs) (laughs) I said, did that hurt? He said, yes. I said, there, that's a quality. (laughs) Every time you say this to me, Grandad, it's like a metaphorical shovel being slammed against my head when I'm told I'm not behaving the way you deem fit. I was a, I was a bit of a pain in the butt as an 18-year-old, wasn't I? Anyway, now that I'm 88, I'm standing here. I've, I've got Grandpa's tombstone in front of me. I dragged it out into the backyard to have a chat. And I say to him, Dad, there you are lying there. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Happens to us all, doesn't it? <laughs> Granddad. Because <laughs> they were all equal at the end of the day, aren't we? <laughs> I'm a lady, but I'll be dead too. <laughs> and all those boys down the street. I told you equality would be tough to do in three minutes. <laughs> and I think I've proved that right. <laughs> Does she die? Does she die? Yes. No. Oh, yes, no. she should. No, she lives. Brilliant. She oh, lives. my goodness. Who was that? Did it, need to be, did it need to be that violent? Oh, she clearly, what? Maisie, had a few issues with being told what to do. Wasn't the word equity? Yes. No, oh, well, I guess... Was the, word, was, the word viol- was the topic violent attack? Oh, see, later. Oh, equity. Later, she gets into investment property and that's where the equity <laughs> really <laughs> takes over. But oh, that's so the second show. So yeah. that was the subtext. That's the subtext. <laughs> <laughs> she got a tissue. Instead of a gavel, like at an auction, she'd beat him over the head with the shovels. Oh, it's oh, very yeah. exciting. Wait. <laughs> but she... Maisie didn't result in her his death, did she? <gasps> no, died no, no, no. It was a metaphor. She, she hit him with a real shovel to prove the metaphor. Oracle trouble yeah. that Shvi feels every time he tells yeah, her not no, we to be like that. that. Yes. Yeah. It's a very muscular <laughs> feminism, though, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'll be at the Sydney Writers' Festival next year uh, talking about this new novel. <laughs> Can we stop now, Richard? I'm embarrassed. It was very good. Your uh, now, Woolworths <laughs> is under fire from vegans this week after a poor taste, bad joke was printed above the meat counter in one of its stores. What do you call a cow with no legs, it asked, and the answer was ground beef. Yuck. 
Whose side are you on when it comes to puns and bad jokes generally? Are they evil or a bit of fun in this valley of death we call life? Tom Ballard. Uh, I despise puns, Richard. I despise puns. I find them offensive to my people, comedians. I think people <laughs> who propagate puns are scum. <laughs> but I also hate vegans. So this is a real <laughs> Sophie's oh, Choice no. for me. I don't know which way to go on this one, Richard. i got to tell you. Honestly, I don't know. i got to think it over. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love vegans. Sorry, I have a lot of vegan friends. Of course, I do because I'm me. Friends, true. I think that's a pretty good pun, though. Ground beef. It's not bad, but it's a bit offensive, isn't it? It is offensive. The the cow doesn't care. It's dead, and if you're buying the beef, you can't exactly get all touchy about the dead thing you're eating's feelings. I do. I do. We've got a butcher shop near where we live, and there's a picture of this happy cow on the side of the building, and the cow is wearing a bib, and it is smiling hugely, and it's using a knife to slice off slices of its own bottom <laughs> for oh, dinner. Right. Oh. Now, I think that's weird. Okay. But that... you'd go and buy those slices? No. I'm, right. I, that makes me not want to eat the meat. Okay, great. Well, maybe it's a vegan who designed the sauce. It, it makes me want to eat a vegan. <laughs> Very well, where, Gretel, are you pun positive? No one is. The <laughs> definition of a pun is it's got to be something that makes you groan. Mm-hmm. So you don't even laugh at it. You groan. And what are the other things you groan at? Oh, your flight has been delayed by nine hours. <laughs> or your partner's saying we need to talk about our relationship. <laughs> it's up there with those. But I was thinking, okay, we know what a dad joke is. I found an example for us. Oh, yes, us. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably wrote it, Richard. <laughs> Thank you. What do you call a fake noodle? What do you call a fake noodle? An imposter. <laughs> groan, please. And what do you call cheese that isn't yours? What do you call cheese that is not yours? Nacho cheese. <laughs> oh, you knew. But it did raise the question, what are mum jokes? Yeah, what are mum jokes? Well, I only found one on the entire internet. And the child says, mum, I'm learning to juggle. And the mum says, be careful. I was always told that if a group of clowns attack you, they go for the juggler. <laughs> Beck, can you go back wow. to talking about how death comes yeah, for us all? Yeah. <laughs> so I got a shovel. <laughs> I think that was a really good joke. Yeah, it's not bad. Tom's but... just bitter. <laughs> are no, you I'm are you joke. bad joke positive, uh, Rebecca? I, I think like a, a really well placed and well timed pun can be great. Really. Well, yeah, as, a, as an icebreaker for the group, you know, like if somebody and somebody does a pun, and then if, if collectively everybody goes, oh, you go, oh, great, I'm with good people. If they all collectively laugh, you go, I've got to go. Um, <laughs> that's kind of the measure for me. So, but there's something about it. Like there's the people that do wordplay beautifully. There's just something about a really well timed bad joke or pun. But there's puns in sense? Shakespeare and there's puns in Chaucer. Oh, there's, and there's puns. Every, it's, it's a yeah. punny, punny life, Richard. There's puns <laughs> everywhere. It's a pun world. <laughs> I'm going to have to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to write that quote down. It's a punny, it's punny, a punny, punny world. Punny world. It's a punny world. But you're, you, you like a good pun, I, 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 Well, I think a dad joke is excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, do, I, do you have to qualify? I wonder when you become a dad whether there's a course you take where you get your certified dad sense of humour. I can imagine it. They go, we do a pop quiz today. And oh, oh no, say all the blokes. And you say, uh, what do you say when you're driving past a cemetery? It's you a dead centre of town. There you go. Nice work. Oh, uh, people, oh that's a great cemetery. People are dying to, to get, get in, in there. get in there, that's right. Uh, look out, Australia. Do you know that one? Tasmania's floating away. That's, a, that's another dad. Oh, that's, that's good. Can I just good take a note of that? No, it's an important part of child. I, th- I think it's an important part of child development because when children are born, they tend to look up to their parents, they particularly look up to their father. They think their father is the font of all wisdom. And then when they're about eight or nine years old, it's important that they go to the next transition, which is realising that their father is an idiot. And it's only through that transition that they grow to adulthood. So it's important to help them make that transition by displaying the fact that you're a complete moron. <laughs> and, and that is the role of the dad joke. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I it's like only in, in their in that that groan is the sound of their respect escaping. <laughs> is it? Mm, yeah. And also your... their will to live. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the embrace of death. <laughs> it's Friday. Yeah. It's Friday. I'm thank God it's Friday. <laughs> it. We have Tom Ballard, Rebecca De Unamuno, Gretel Clean, and our wonderful audience. Thank you for coming. Now. It is Oz Music Month and some people are claiming Australian music has a distinctive sound born of the ability to be heard in suburban hotels above the noise of the poker machines. <laughs> is that right? If not, what is 
distinctive about Australian popular music. Tom Ballard, do you think we've got our own sound? Yeah! <laughs> and we're joined now by Jackie Lambie. <laughs> yeah! Oz music's good ass, isn't it? I think a great Australian song needs three things. The inability to understand the lyrics. You can't have any idea what they're talking about. A bagpipe solo. And ideally an audience sing-back option that involves a lot of swearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Am yes. I ever gonna yeah. see no, 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 again? No, 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 Do it, no, baby! No, it's no, Friday! No. Come on! We're living on the edge! <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, this is very sad, though, isn't music. it? Because... All the pubs don't let you can't have bands anymore. They're, what yeah. is this new Australian music? Young no, well, the, you know, the <laughs> idea was that in the, the Australian, the distinctive Australian sound is born in the beer barns of the north, so they say the northern beaches in the late seventies when there's a cacophony of sound in the bar, and they have to sort of bands like Midnight Oil have to sort of belt it out to get over. It's true, but it was really only a little window that we all reminisce about. I was in a band at that time. Is that right? Yeah, we used to have to change our name after every gig. Because <laughs> we were really bad. Once we even locked the doors, wouldn't let people leave. <laughs> Do you remember in those days there was that band called Free Beer? Mm. They used to advertise that out the front and everyone would go. <laughs> Fantastic. But um, I met a guy last night called Khalid. Have you heard of him, Tom? He's a 19-year-old. Yeah, he's a hip-to-the-groove guy. And uh, (laughs) he's a young pop star. He's 19. He's had 227 million Spotify streams. Oh, yes. Read subtitle for what the hell that means. But anyway, (laughs) he's got that. And do you know what I spoke to him about? What? His mother. Yeah, what a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Is he Australian? Does he have a distinctive sound? I can't believe you don't know him. The other thing, because I thought you were the young people representative, (laughs) um, he's American, but it's very groovy, Tom. We've all heard of him, haven't we? Yeah, Yeah. of course. No, but there was an interesting Uh, survey done. You guys. It's something like some phenomenal amount of money. I'm uh, music. I'm going to say ninety-eight percent, but that's I've made that up. Of hit songs around the world now are written by the same two people. Right. Is that Swedish right? Swedish hit makers. Yeah, yeah, they're Swedish mm. hit makers. Are mm. they friends of yours? Yes. So Bjorn and Gunther. They're like those people who wrote all the Kylie Minogue hits and. Yeah, Stock Aiken and Walter. Yeah, exactly. Well, there were three. So the world's getting less One employment. of them died off. <laughs> yeah, with a shovel. And what were they? They've got a distinctive sound. A distinctive sound that sells. Yeah. Well, it's a very and This is why idea. there is no Australian. I've just debunked the whole question. Mm. Sorry about that. Over to you, oh, Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca. Rebecca. Hello. Look, I, um, I've always said this, and I was really happy when this um, question came up because I've always said bands like In Excess and Midnight Oil and mm. stuff, and they were, the, they were the first kind of bands that, that um, my generation saw be successful in the United States. They were huge over there. And the thing that I always found really just I've gone and seen music. I've snuck in when I was underage. I've gone and seen music for the longest time. I love it. And the thing about Australian music, I think, is that we are so well rehearsed for having played every pub you played, you know, you had to defeat something, be it the, the house music that was still on or the, you know, the, the, them calling the numbers for the bistro or whatever. So there was a, you really did have to fight for the audience. So that Number when, 57. Exactly, your chips are ready, you know, and you're like, oh, here's a love song. You know, like it's, a, it's a bit, it just sort of ruins a moment. But you saw that wave of Australian bands be so successful overseas because we sounded just the same live as we did on a record. Like, you could really make no mm. distinction. In Excess sounded just as good when I saw them live as they do on any of their albums. So that was something that was really well practised. Well, on the album they had number 57. Yeah, that's know. right. That's right. Live at the Bad Bay RSL. How can we sleep when yeah. the chicken's ready? That's great. Because a lot of bands say we wanted to go into the studio and achieve our live sound. So yeah, in Australia yeah. that involved number 57. 57. Yeah, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's sometimes one of those, but but and then through the nineties, you looked at bands like you know Powderfinger and and um you know and, and Custard and and all those different and Grinspoon and stuff and all those bands that had had exactly the same opportunity to play live and tour the country, developing their sound so that they sounded brilliant and people bought tickets. Uh, to mm-hmm. them, but I worry and I wonder of the musicians, young musos today, with all the, with particularly in Sydney with the lockout laws. Um, uh, where do they go? How do they get that practice? Yeah, but now we've got the small the small bar movement in Sydney, where young bands can go to 
and play in, in front of as many as four people. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's a poker machine. You know, it's the four people on the screen going... Bling, 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 bling. Hey, talk, talking about number 57, the Parmigiana, you mentioned Horsham. I've been to Horsham. And in the pubs in Horsham, they have, they have something that I've never seen before, which is when you go up, there's not just Parmigiana, there's Ladies Parma. Oh. Ladies Parma. And that is a small Parmigiana. A small chicken parmesan. And you've got to know where... My son lived in Horsham for a long time and you, you've got to be... Uh, he, he, he thought it was an expression of his comfortableness with his own masculinity that he was able to go up and say, mate, I want a schooner and a lady palmer. <laughs> you know, that's confident Australian masculinity right that there. Is. Yeah. That is. I'll ask Cookie if he yeah. remembers the lady palmer. Well, well he, could, he might have ordered one with his one good arm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Cookie. Who were the winners and losers of this week, Rebecca? Uh, for me, well, um, I've got to say it's fantastic, everyone. Um, I'm in a relationship now. Just like <laughs> to say, yeah. Thank you. Thank Is this you. since last week? I bought a Fitbit and uh, <laughs> I've never been happier. I've got to say when it offers me every now and then, every hour or so, it just says to me, want to stroll? Like, oh, how romantic. We're going for a walk together. So I do and then it says, that's enough, 250 steps. You better stop. I go, oh, how considerate. How considerate. It tells me, it says, you didn't sleep very well last night. I go, thank you for your concern. Yes, you're awake for 25 minutes and restless for seven. I love that. I'm in love. Thank you. So I'm the winner for this week. So, so describe, I see, I've never seen them. You wear them on your wrist and they, well, they, they read your... They read, yeah, they count your steps that you take every day. And the average steps apparently that you're meant to do as a, as a, as a person is 10,000. If you do any better than that, oh, my goodness, how exciting. Well done, you. But none uh, of us do 10,000 steps, do we? Oh, you'd be surprised right? how many steps you do each day. Yeah, absolutely, because I've not really changed my so routine. So couch, fridge. Yeah, yeah, couch, that's right. And, and, fridge, and, and for when I walk couch, to get the donuts, like that's at least, yeah. A ten minute walk. That's yeah. heaps of steps. Yeah, just a lot of waving, really. A lot of waving, yeah, 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 a lot of waving and stuff. But yeah, it's it's really great, and it measures like yeah your sleep patterns and tells you where you yeah, you're lacking in your sleep. And but everything. doesn't that stop you sleeping well if you know that somebody's watching you sleeping and counting? I like when you're it awake. like that, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but Rebecca, someone to watch over me. Are you worried about when you break up? Yeah. I'm, wait, I'm worried about who gets possession of the Fitbit because <laughs> I'd be lost without it. Well, when we break, I would just have to say I'm seeing another tracking device. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, you so that. And so that was your No, I was just saying, Richard, a Fitbit is, you're made for a Fitbit. Is that right? Don't you think you'd love it? I think, I'm, I think I'm made for a fat bit. <laughs> no, no, because you, you love that 5-2 thing. You like measuring yourself. The 5-2 oh, thing. That sounds terrible, but... <laughs> I don't you, have a, you put the Fitbit on the wrist, Gretel. You don't put it anywhere else. I knew someone who put a Fitbit on their cat and it only took one step. <laughs> well, see, the really good around, thing... I'm sorry, just... sorry, sorry, sorry. We need to spend five minutes on this. The Fitbit went around the neck of the cat? I think it went around its little foot. Little foot, yeah. The foot of the cat? Yeah. How but strange. some people cheat on these things because they put the, the Fitbit on the dog and then take the dog for a run and then claim they've done 10,000 yeah. steps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's what politicians You're do. You're only cheating yourself. That's right. And, oh, I've linked, thanks, and I've linked my exercise tracker. I've linked it to my frequent flyer points. Oh, get out. So I'm telling you now, I am walking all the way to LA, everyone. I, every so, every 10,000 steps I get um, fly, but like, you know, bonus points on my How frequent many? flyer. How many do you get? Every time I get 10,000, I get 18 points. <laughs> and, and you need what, 250,000? Uh, 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 yeah, but if you complete, th- you know, 60,000 steps in a week, you get 80 points. I'm walking at this point to Dundas. <laughs> That's where I'm That's where I'm on. No, you're walking home. That's it. And she's flying to Bankstown. Uh, who, was the, who was the winner in that case? That, that was oh, the winner. So yeah, the I'm loser? the winner. I'm the winner. And, and the, the losers um, for the week are all those people in Hollywood that plan all the awards ceremonies. I don't think we'll be having many uh, no, no. for the rest of this. It's another uh, person every day, isn't it? Yeah, every day. It's so just, Louis it's C.K. is the next one. He yeah. seems today's yes. revelation. So it's just, um, you know, and I, I, whilst it's, it's awful and frightening to hear all of these stories, part of me is optimistic because they're now being told. So I kind of see that I feel like a wave of positivity can come from this. 
with everybody revealing what's going on. We I think could just have the reserve, the award ceremony um, with the with the theatre filled up with the victims. We could have all the victims, the pot plants as well from Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I think they should be in the front row because they've been through a lot. <laughs> they have been. Yes. That's right. I'm it's just going to go. Get, I'm just going to the shed and getting a shovel, Richard. I'll just be back. Gretel <laughs> Colleen, who are the winners and losers? Look, mine's a bit vague. I came up with a theory. It's not a winner or loser. It's just a mm-hmm. theory that other people can add meaning to. And uh, I was just thinking about or all the politicians. Or find no meaning at all. In yeah, it. and then it'll just be a, just be one step in life. Uh, but I was thinking about the way our politicians have been behaving, which is just reprehensible, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I think and we're getting so used to it. This is the dual citizenship? Yeah, the, the whole response to it, being sneaky. They think they're being uh. clever and we're just not that dumb anymore. And I just decided that what we should really do when we elect people is see the condition they leave a public toilet in. <laughs> I just think that's the measure of a person's character, don't you? Because it's like the planet. I did not want to see what George Christensen does. <laughs> yeah, but you see what I mean. There are women who leave all their hair in the basin and don't flush and leave. Look, who are those people? That's mm. their attitude to the rest of the world. And we should just put some cameras in the public toilets. And the winner whoa, is... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, let's back. All right, Miss Big Brother, let's settle down. Not for the nude bits. OK, right. Just the cleaning bits. OK, Thank but why you, can't we just person? contract the cleaners at Parliament House to take notes? And so Do we trust them? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't trust anyone anymore. They're, they're don't you fun. all think the world's gone to pot? <laughs> like everybody's lying and cheating and seeing what oh, you've yeah, got. Oh, that's to... never happened before in no, human history. Yeah. That's no, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the difference the is they're getting caught now. Everybody's always been lying and cheating and doing all this kind of stuff. It's just that now they're getting caught. It's now there's people that are willing to, you know, as pull some... back the curtain and see the wizard, you know. As someone who was raised as a Methodist, I am just gobsmacked <laughs> every day of my life. What? There is evil out there? Mm. <laughs> No. I'm trying to make a profit out the, of it. The one I'm worried about is John Alexander, the you know, famous yeah. tennis player, member yes. for Ben Long. Some suggestions he may be English. Does that mean we have to give back the Davis Cup from 1968? No. Yes, no. yes, we do. <laughs> wow, and he was a bit upset that he didn't become Davis um, Cup coach hmm. back in the day. Yeah. So maybe well, that was a reason. Because he was English. Because he was English <laughs> deep down. Tom, Tom Ballard, who were the winners and losers of this week? Uh, my winner was uh, a group of uh, Canadians who set up a pop-up restaurant. 50% of Canadians say they wouldn't eat food prepared by a HIV positive person. These people set up a pop-up cafe where all the staff were HIV positive mm-hmm. and they were wearing these uh, these aprons that were saying um, a kiss the HIV positive cook and stuff was raising awareness. It was fantastic. I was a bit annoyed at the double standard when I set up my gonorrhea juice stand. <laughs> Oh, Tom. I didn't get anywhere near that level of positive feedback, and so I found that quite annoying. That's a great name for an Australian band, quietly. <laughs> yeah. Save it's Australian it's music. It's I got a rich Number 57. <laughs> but the Canadian thing worked, yeah? It, it was, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful, good. positive thing, and, you know, uh, approaching that stigma is really good. The loser was the uh, Maduro, President Maduro in Venezuela, who has been criticised for gaining weight while his people are starving, and he was caught out gl- delivering an address and eating an empanada secretly whilst delivering that particular address, which... Oh. You know, this is, this is a, true, a true thing. There's a town... Wickham, I think it is. It's a town in Britain where, since the Middle Ages, they've got a tradition of weighing the mayor at the big... <laughs> and they still do it, and they wear... The, they weigh the mayor at the beginning of his or her um, mayoral sea yeah. and then at the end, and if they are gain weight, they are then pelted with tomatoes in the town square <laughs> because the view is they've been up to no good. I love it. Please thank Tom Ballard, Rebecca De Unamuno and Gretel Colleen. Yay! Thank you for being part of TJF. Next week, Kitty Flanagan will be here, Subby Valentine and Tommy Dean. We've got music from... Our own Christina Anu. That will be fantastic. I'm Richard Glover. Until next time, thank God it's Friday.